You are interested in the unknown, the mysterious, the unexplainable. That is why you are here. We are gathered here as advisors, as scientists. I'm something of a witch. Welcome to Mission Spooky, you guys. I'm JC, your wonderful host, and with me today is my co-host, Kiki. This is episode 20. The big 2-0! Oh, our our thing is so close to being allowed to buy alcohol and, and, um... (laughs) And cigarettes. Our podcast can yeah, already buy cigarettes, can it? No. I know. They it. changed it to 21. When? December? Oh. There were a lot of memes about it. Oh. Maybe I just have more smoking friends than you do, but yeah. Do you not go to. I don't. I haven't Wawa's? smoked in years. They have it that, like, you now no. have to be 21 years of age, of age to purchase. Look, no. we're not a smoking podcast. Okay? We're not. <laughs> no, no, yeah. we're not in it. Uh, I'm long not. Long story no. short, you have to be 21 to buy some. Okay, I guarantee well, it. Okay, I didn't. I, I, I believe you. I mean, you're old enough. Shut up. You're way old enough, so <laughs> it's not gonna concern you. The at problem. All. The problem was that I only smoked clove cigarettes, so I still had to go to like you know the fancy high end tobacco store to get what I wanted. So, yeah. I'm so sorry. That you spent more money on something that's essentially long-term suicide. But I stopped, like, well, years yeah, ago. Well, yeah, good job. Yeah, good thank job. you. Oh, which is why I give a shout-out to... I'm not going to say any names. I know that we have a couple people right Wait, now. Wait, you're going to give a shout-out to someone that you can't just say the name of? <sighs> You'll understand in a minute. Okay. I don't want to say any names. I'm not, call, I'm not calling out anyone on okay. this either. But I do know that we have a couple of people right now who are listening who are off of smoking recently and yes you guys have been doing a great job we love you stick with it because smoking sucks long term it really does long-term suicide that is my actual opinion that i have told family members i consider them smoking to be long-term suicide yeah and i just um but at the same time i understand addiction is a disease and it is very difficult to give up. Yes. I'm not, I don't like hold it completely against them because I know that it's very difficult. Right. I've seen the struggle and it is. Which is why know. we're being super positive to those people that I know through your struggles on Instagram. I watched some of our followers. You guys, like I said, you've been doing great. So keep up the good work. Yay, you. Also, I want to congratulate the one in five americans who are washing their hands the rest of you um yeah i'm really highly disappointed in your lack of hand washing and this is how we get viruses people right here well this it's is one how of the ways fucking we get, get viruses, viruses. The, the one of the yeah. ways yeah just i mean your unsanitation issues i guess because i lived the whole restaurant life for so long like i freaking washed my hands constantly I'm not like manic about it, but I feel like that's a really big deal. And I, now I'm afraid to go out and eat 
because I've seen some things and heard some things that I'm just like, it. I know it goes on all the time, but now you know we've got the uh, <clears throat> the coronavirus <laughs> that's come to America. So, not that it's a huge deal, but guys, come on, man, we should be like we should just be sanitary let's, regardless of whether or not there's a new virus or not. Let's keep it at a not a huge deal. Right. You know, let's do our part and stop and coughing also, on people. Mm, well, you know, <laughs> cough on. How to phrase this. If you could just maybe go to Washington, D.C. and only cough on certain senators. (laughs) Yes. Certain senators and orange people. And and a person who kind of resembles a product that's a snack food that you eat. A Cheeto, yes, yes. He kind of... Hey, Cheeto is not paying us any money. They kind of... Well, you know. After this, they definitely won't. Um, <clears throat> no, no. No, they won't. <laughs> Dear Cheetos. Please give us money. <laughs> so we can Thank s- you. keeps talking smack about. <clears throat> but anyway, no ghosts. Oh, yeah. We're not one of those yeah, podcasts. No, we're yeah. not a podcast about politics. Wait. Were we talking about politics? I hope not, because we're going to talk about ghosts today. No, we're not. Oh, Wait. We're That's talking right. about something far more interesting than just regular old ghosts today. We're talking about a specific kind of paranormal event and yes. or creature called shadow people. Hell yeah, shadow people, and episode I, 20. Yeah. Yeah, this is going to be a pretty long episode. We got a lot of stuff to cover, so not a whole lot of random chatter uh, today because we are just going to go right into it. So after a break for our sponsor, when we get back, shadow people 101. I'm Cassie. I'm Tiffany. And we're the hosts of Happy Hour Gets Weird. On our podcast, we talk all things weird, like UFOs, Bigfoot, astrology, ghosts, and even true crime. And every episode, we create a fabulous new cocktail. So fabulous. If you're looking for a little weirdness, please search Happy Hour Gets Weird on your favorite podcast platform. Cheers to that. Cheers to that. All right, guys, so now that we've done arguing about who's going to talk first about shadow people. Kiki's going to go first. (laughs) Normally, that's the way the argument would go. But since I'm feeling very generous, we're going to let JC tell us his version of what a shadow person is in his own mind. And then I'm going to tell you what it actually is, according to Devish. Well, as as 100 Just kidding. Just kidding. As 100% of the population in this room that has actually experienced a shadow person, I think I am the local expert on this phenomenon. So, fuck off, Kiki. (laughs) (laughs) To me, to me, there's different types of shadow people. And I just want to kind of state the shadow people we are going to be talking about, they're not human spirits that are just shadowy for whatever reason, at least to me, they seem to be intelligent and they seem to have their own motives and they're not always tied to a location, person, place, or thing. They have their own motivations and goals. Because I'm going to be talking about some of my experiences with 
some entities, I'm going to refer to them as shadow creatures because I don't want to give them the people title because I think that gives them too much power. When you've seen the things I've seen, you do not want to give these things power because the more you feed into them, the more they take and the stronger and worse they get. There are going to be some serious conversations in this in this episode and some of this stuff I do get a tad bit emotional about. These are these are general warnings because these are very personal and powerful experiences I've had where I was very terrified for my life. That's my general warning and thoughts on at least the type of shadow entity I've encountered. Go on, Kiki. What's a shadow person to the 100% of the room that hasn't encountered this phenomenon? So let's get to the definition of shadow people as we know them in the current paranormal community, not just in this room. <laughs> it was Coast to Coast AM radio show popularized the idea of shadow people starting in 2001 when host Art Bell interviewed First People's elder Thunderstrike, a.k.a. Harley Swift Deer Reagan. Well, I think if you call him anything other than Thunderstrike, you're fucking up. That's a baller name. <laughs> I feel sorry for those shadow people because he probably fucked them in the ass. Because <laughs> his name's Thunderstrike. Thunder's a sound. It doesn't even strike. Like, but he makes it so... <laughs> Um, in that same year, Heidi Hollis, who would then become a regular on Coast to Coast AM, she published her first book on shadow people. And there are a few ideas in there, though, that I don't agree with 100%, like invoking the name of Jesus can repel them. I would. I feel like that's possible only if you're Christian, because I don't believe that that's going to Well, this, this goes back personally. to this goes back to the. What you believe and yes. your willpower is what pushes them back. Yes. So yeah, so I kind I, of agree with her thought, but it's coming from a very Christian point. The of view. thought process, right? But I don't feel like that. That's not a a be all end all for, for repelling them for oh, everyone. Definitely not. Um, and that also works if there are aliens, which is another theory uh, that that um, she came up with too. So I'm actually I don't. Dislike and I'm not that, I'm not discrediting that. that either. I'm just saying like I um it's just it for me personally I don't believe that you can repel them by Jesus alone because there's got to be other methods for other people who are not Christians. Yeah. That's well, all. Definitely That's are. all I'm saying. Yeah. Well, so another theory and one that I think is probably the most decent of them all is that they are entities that reveal themselves to people that are going through negative situations. And they are extra dimensional vampiric shades that feed on negativity, which could explain why so many people claim to see them when they're depressed or have anxiety issues. What do you think of that? I won't discount it. And I'll say that one of the experiences I'll be talking about, one of the more powerful and scary experiences I'll be talking about, happened while I was going through a incredibly rough time of my life. And, like, it was a few months after I lost somebody. And I can definitely see that that might have put me in a state that made me pray, essentially. We actually talked about that in 
another episode. Yeah, where they're predators and you're yeah. prey. Yeah. So they're, they're going to go for the weakest of the pack, which is the easiest meal. But what's weird is I've also heard, and you might be about to talk about this, but shadow people as protectors. Like, there are different entities that are all being called the same thing. And it, it kind of bothers me. Because it's this is a phenomenon that a lot of people have very different... Oh, I see them. I see him at the end of my bed, and I just feel soothed when he's there. I feel calm and relaxed, like he's protecting me. Or I see him at the end of my bed, and I feel like I like there's a thousand pounds of dread on me. Yeah, and his eyes are glowing red, and he's wearing a hat. Yes, because you get man you get is... the hot yeah, hat man with glowing red eyes. You get or just a, a figure with like glowing white eyes that mm-hmm. like kind of stare right through you. That's the negative experiences that yeah. I've read. And then there's also ones where like somebody will be in their house and they'll be like, and I turned around and I saw a shadow and they looked at me and I was like, oh! and when I went like, oh! they turned and saw me and they ran away as well. Like where it's yeah. what, is that even an end? Like, are you... What What happened? If this is a paranormal entity, usually they're not scared of us. Usually they're stalking. Usually. If, yeah. if it's the same... If it's always the same entity, if we're saying shadow peoples are all the same thing, why are some tormenting us and others are like, oh, wow, you could see me? Oh, wow, I could see you. Oh, no, this is wrong. Like, and act surprised and shocked. Yeah, like, they know they don't technically belong here or something of that. Like, yeah, like, there's that surprise of, oh, shit moment, even for them or the entity. So that's why I think it's very difficult when you're talking about paranormal stuff sometimes because everybody is having completely different experiences with something that looks similar you know, like Allie was saying, she was seeing shadow people, but what she really was talking about was literally sort of like being able to see through the person because she saw that one guy, like she could ex- tell us exactly what he was wearing. And it's just that he was very see through. Yeah. So for her, in her mind, the sh- it wasn't literally a black mass. It was just a shadow of a person. Yeah. Sort of in a transparent sort of way, which... Brings me to um, what we talked about in our last episode about Egyptian ghosts and and, uh, the concept the Egyptians had that there are nine pieces of you. So uh, I want you guys to indulge me for just a minute because I went down a very long rabbit hole and my friends who, um, (laughs) who know the story... All I have to say is that it, it ended with Tom Hiddleston and I'm not really sure how that happened. It was hysterical. I will tell you. I will tell you at the end of this episode how the Hiddles got involved <laughs> in this whole thing. Um, anyway, before I get into a little bit more about the Egyptian shadow again, we also talked about the Ba part of you, which was uh, supposed to be "quote unquote" the best friend, the part of you that sort of kept you from committing suicide. And I wanted to address that for a minute because. I wasn't exactly sure where that was coming from. It was it was sort of like one of these. I know I saw it in a blog, and then I tried to find refine the blog, and I knew that it was from a professor. And damned if I couldn't find it, which was just irritating. But it turns out it's from 
an ancient script called The Discourse Between a Man and His Soul, or A Discourse Between a Man and His Ba. And there's a couple different interpretations of this, but one of them was, or is, that the man involved was thinking about killing himself, and that the Ba was almost like, yeah, yeah, you should do it. And then all of a sudden was like, no, hold on a minute, maybe you shouldn't do that. We're not thinking 100% clearly. That then the Ba becomes sort of the sobriety of the situation, right? So the man's very unhappy with his life. And uh, at first, the Ba is sort of sympathetic and tries to almost convince him that he might be better off in the Western land. But in order to do that, they have to die, right? So the Ba's like, well, I don't really want the other parts of us involved in the judgment process because I don't think that they're going to treat it fairly. So at one point, he decides to circumvent the usual avenue of death and try to go directly to Osiris himself. And apparently the only way to do that would be suicide. And there's a couple of interesting lines. And like I said, this, that, that's one interpretation. There's plenty out there that say, no, absolutely, this has nothing to do with committing suicide whatsoever. But there's this line, it, right, the Ba, shall stand on yonder side as does the Nehepu. Because such is one who goes out that he will bring himself back. And I thought that line was really strange because it's almost like he's saying he, he can go to the other side because the Ba can send himself out and also come back. Right? So in that interpretation, which is from a 1998 book, it's almost like the boss saying that it could return from the Western land after speaking with Osiris about the displeasure of the man with his current life situation. And then the boss initially suggesting the man would be happier in death because his, quote, heart isn't in it because the boss is supposed to be your heart, right? Like literally in this case, is his heart's not in it. He can't stand living anymore. But then the man realizes how risky this prospect is and decides he would have uh, that he should wait to have an heir before he crosses over. Because who's going to take care of his body when he dies? Who's going to feed the ka, etc. Right? It's, it's a big deal. So the other part of the translation, though, is that in 98, the author, whose name I really don't want to say because it's literally ass man. Um, <laughs> he says, it's spelled the way, A-S-S-A-M-A-N. Okay. Good on him. He says that he doesn't. I wonder, I wonder if he's a tits or it's our ass man you know i knew it <laughs> um, you know i was gonna try and hold I, off i know I'm no like, i wasn't even gonna say his, no i wasn't We're even gonna say his here. name and i wasn't gonna say his name but now it's it's out there i can't help it so he's saying that the word nehepu he did not know what it meant and i was like oh, come on man it's got to be a translation so it turns out that, that it shows up in two different places and i swear this is going to mean something at the end nehepu is in two different translations one for the de- the 12th gate of heaven which by the way yes they had a concept of heaven it was the western land we're just using the word heaven to place it in there so that we have a better concept of what we're talking about here so the 12th gate of heaven is ruled by isis and her sister nephthys ne- oh my god nephthys who i can never say uh both goddesses of death by the way and in the form of a serpent each one of them and then the other one is in the description of the 19th gate which is ruled by she who foretells mornings, as in daylight coming up mornings, throughout her lifespan, possessor of the writings of Thoth. Now, Thoth is the god of death, science, and magic, which I also love the fact that science and magic go together. 
So wait for it. Hold on. We're getting there. So. Oh, I'm waiting. Is it that the Ba knows how to get through those gates to speak to Osiris directly? Or is it just the word for fire? Because it just happens that Nehepu means fire. And either way, the Ba seems to know how to cross over and come back, which I thought was interesting because it's also your personality, right? It's who you are, which the Egyptians took very seriously. And I'll get to that in a little bit. But if the shadow is a carbon copy of yourself, i.e. a doppelganger, does it also know how to travel interdimensionally by default? Hmm. Shadow people. Boom. Mic drop. I mean, of, of all the uh, ancient mythologies that I know of, that I've heard of, this one, I, I feel the Egyptians give the best plausible explanation as to what a shadow creature or person could be. Now, I'll also state that this is the only ancient mythology that I know of uh, giving an explanation on a shadow person. So, by default, it's the best. <laughs> Can I also just say that while I was doing some research in this because honestly shadow people never intrigued me that much because i've never seen one so i didn't really care it keeps saying that like wikipedia another site like another sort of encyclopedic type place like oh shadow people exist in all this folklore and i'm like where like can you point me to it because besides first people's legends Mm -hmm. and this concept that i already knew about from my egyptology studies I never heard of a shadow being a separate entity or a in, in a folklore. So I don't know. And then I, I mean, I legit tried to find it and I couldn't find it anywhere. So if you guys like, if we're missing it somewhere, please let us know. Cause we'll, we'll definitely do a little side project with it if we can find it. But uh, I yeah. will, I will state that of all paranormal entities, cryptids, everything that falls under weird shit, Shadow people are the one thing I've actually done pretty extensive research on. Most of that research was just looking up YouTube videos of shadow people sightings and listening to people tell their stories of shadow people. Um, and that's why I know, like, there's a lot of different types of encounters. Some are definitely, like, human spirits. Some are definitely inhuman spirits. Some are definitely malicious. Some are protective. Some are, like... Some are possibly from a different dimension. Some might be nature spirits being... Pers like, there's a lot going on, and I, it's, a, it's a very catch all -y term. Some might be the shadow of a person from ancient Egypt. And, like, the, the soot. Like, that sounds kind of plausible to me. Like, it, it explains it. It at least shows that they knew that there was something else moving in the darkness. I'm going to give you some very specific examples staying with Egyptology here. They, being Egypt, ancient Egyptians, always describing body, soul, and shadows as being separate entities to be destroyed or saved. The concept that the shadow exists outside and separate from the rest of the soul and the body is always there. And that the shadow is not necessarily an evil part of us as a matter of fact the gang of seth who we would probably say were evil souls 
Mm-hmm. Okay. These guys were forced into Egyptian damnation and specifically had their shadows destroyed because it's a carbon copy. It is basically a doppelganger of you in shadow form. So that means if you're a bad person, that part of you had to be destroyed. That was part of your damnation. You were dismembered and defleshed. You walked upside down and ate your own excrement. Mm-hmm. And were tortured in fiery cauldrons by demons who, by the way, aren't the type of demons who you would think of with the horns. It's actually just other people who are also dead and terrible. So my average Sunday. Yeah. And also, wait, my favorite part. Ooh, I'm excited. You swam in your own blood that was pressed from you by Shesmu, who, by the way, also made wine and fragrance oils. So, you know, had a little bit of a softer side there for somebody who was in charge of a bunch of evil dead people. Okay. And then uh, translated directly from magical texts, we have Osiris in his... This is a this is a mouthful. Kenti Amentiu, which translates as the westernmost one. So he's like the highest of the high in the Western land. Duh. He lists many kinds of deaths in a, and these are coming directly from magical texts. One is the death of a being that acts like a shadow. That's the translation. I think that's very interesting too. Mm. So they're saying that something else could pretend to be like a shadow but it's not really one that's interesting there is a spell for oil of any medicine and it is to be you have to do this incantation to quote save it from the shadow of a dead male or dead female so that's that's where your shadow is a bad thing when isis is calling for the healing of horus after he's been bitten by a scorpion and i always think this is kind of interesting the idea that you if you didn't curse the poison, like Isis curses everything else in the entire world as if to be like, if you don't save my son, then everything is going to get fucked. Okay. She says her quote, the demon of the darkness goes about. The seasons are not distinguished. The figures that refer to the shadow will not be seen daily. And these are threats that she makes to cast the poison out of Horus. She's basically saying if the sun doesn't shine and everything is put into darkness, there will be no shadows because your shadow can't exist without light. Mm-hmm. So there's a still this concept of like, it's, it's not, the shadow is not necessarily a bad thing. It's just, it's definitely separate. I'm just giving you guys like all this stuff because it's just one after the other of like this concept. The shadow is definitely not part of you, but can't exist. It's almost like I can't exist without you either, right? Apophis is like the evil, the most evil god. Isis and Nephthys directly tell of destroying the shadow of Apophis along with him never being remembered. This is a big thing in Egyptian anyway, like along with destroying of shadows specifically. It's like destroy the body, destroy the shadow, destroy his magic is even considered to be separate. In a later paragraph after that, they specifically say that his shadow will not exist in either heaven or in earth. Not on it. <laughs> in it. And those are ancient Egyptian magical texts. Uh, that's uh, Bargout's translation, by the way, in case anybody was wondering. Uh, Apophis is the god of chaos, represented... Everything the Egyptians feared, which was darkness, oblivion, and the loss of one's identity. 
So that's the other reason why destroying your shadow is like a big deal for them. Mm Because you're losing a part of yourself that's yourself. Yeah. Well, I had talked about execration texts a little bit in the last one. And again, it was from that same damn professor that I can't refind his blog. I I should have saved it and I don't know what happened. I thought I had saved it and it's not in my bookmarks. He also had mentioned specifically about shadow execration and saying that it was supposedly a deeper kind of magic and could be dangerous because you could really hurt yourself. Well, so from what I understand... So I couldn't like, find that specifically. They use the shadow, their shadow. So if I'm a person, I essentially, hey, shadow, can you go do this? It's... That's... Give me a moment. Give yeah. me a moment. No, no, I mean, I... I and if your yeah. shadow... Is like, yeah, buddy, I can go do it. And it's like, oh, wait, I took on way more than I thought. You die. <laughs> That's essentially what I'm getting there. <laughs> like, it, it pulls from your energy if it, if it needs to. That was what I was hoping I was going to find in a text somewhere, in, a, in literal magical text somewhere. Like, there was going to be directions on how to do that, right? Mm-hmm. Or some mention of specifically shadow execration, and it's not there. So I don't know if this guy was making shit up uh, on that particular note. Oh, so I was, I was just going to end with the Egyptian stuff really quickly. Was okay. that the destruction of one's identity plays out several times in Egyptian history, where everything associated with certain people, pharaohs, for example was destroyed. So images, names, etc. in an attempt to kill them completely. In other words, not only in this life that they had, but it would mirror in the afterlife. So they'd be gone too. And that is where execration rituals come in. Oh, okay. Okay. So the same ones used to destroy the enemies of Egypt. And I just want to say that there are a ton of ones cursing Israel specifically. <laughs> I mean, like, a shit ton. We're, we're getting um, real close to some anti-Semitic talk uh, here. No, so no, it's not let's my... Let's tread hey, lightly. I'm just saying that, that for Egyptians in ancient times, Israel was seen as an enemy. And so there's all these execration texts that specifically name towns, cities, leaders. I you mean, said generals, right? Like you, when you were telling me these stories. Oh, I think it was generals the last generals. time. Yeah, yeah, there were three names of three generals. There was, yeah, it was crazy. So anyway, all this cursing for poor Israel. The idea is destroying the elements of one's enemies, which gave the person power and substance, their name and their likeness getting destroyed. State rituals then were enacted to punish subversives and traitors and to lessen the power of Egypt's enemies but individuals use the same kind of formula in their private lives as in getting rid of ghosts and shadows, which were a different type of ghosts, according to them. And I just want to say that their specific history of this is not only poor Israel getting it, but um, Hatshepsut, of course, they tried, Footmost uh, the Third tried to erase her completely from history. Wasn't successful because I'm talking about her. Yeah. Akhenaten was erased by. Horemheb at the end of the 18th dynasty. And I'm going to actually take back what I said about Hatshepsut. She was not erased by Thutmose III. She was erased during his reign. The jury's still out on whether or not he actually did it himself. The Romans had a very similar thing called Demnatio 
memoriae, which, by the way, was not a phrase that was actually coined by ancient Romans. <laughs> but Maximian is a great example of this. He was an anti-Christian who was kind of erased from history by Constantine. Or if you want to go into modern times, Jack Parsons, a founding member of the JPL, was written out of NASA history because he was a Thelemite. He, uh, I don't think they erased him from history. He though. tried to summon interdimensional beings. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, said, I said, man, you try to summon one interdimensional being and everyone freaks out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the yeah, thing no, is... No, try to find him. Like... No one knew his involvement in the jet propulsion lab until there was a book written much, much later it was called uh, Sex and Rockets or something like that. Yeah. It was his, his biography, like a biography about him. Yeah. And then everybody was like, holy shit, we had no idea that this guy was involved in. Yeah. But somebody said that Robert Downey Jr. should have played Jack Parsons at some point in his life. I Wait, wait for it. Genius billionaire, playboy, demon summoner. <laughs> I don't disagree. But, uh, the guy was freaking hot, okay? It's I mean, not his fault that he was a goddamn genius and also wanted to summon demons. So the okay? thing is, But he though, was really hot, and it's also not his fault that he was having sex with a 17-year-old. He was hot. He was uh, a hot dude. False. It was his <laughs> fault. It, he was an adult having sex with a 17-year-old. He didn't accidentally fall into that. <sighs> Just because he's attractive doesn't mean he did not. um, I don't. There, there. I. No. No. Read the book. I'm just gonna say I don't think there was any allegations of rape on her part. I'm not saying that there were. I think that she was just like, dude, this guy's and hot as shit. Yes, and then he 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 manipulated he as an adult. See, this is where I'm gonna get real. (laughs) uh, He as an adult should have been like, she's too young. I'm not going to take advantage of her because that's wrong. Oh, now, okay. I get Hold, this wait, was wait, done wait. in the 50s or 60s. Wait, so so what you're saying is that he should... How old was he at the time? Hold on, just wait. So what you're saying is that he definitely should not have had sex with his wife's sister, who was 17, and then also buy a mansion for everybody including his other sex buddies that he wanted to like bounce around with mm-hmm. women's and you know like wives uh they they, they shouldn't have bought a mansion lived together and had lots and lots of sex Is i'm that not what saying, you're saying I i'm not saying sure. that <laughs> i'm not saying that because if they're all consenting and here's the key word adults consenting adults it's fine once you have somebody that's underage it doesn't matter if they're consenting or not because they don't really know what they're consenting to. This is yeah, a okay. agreed we, upon we, law we all know in this. this country. Don't try to justify rape. <laughs> it's not statutory statutory rape. Thank you. I'm not. You're I'm you're justifying. It. It. You're not condoning it because he's attractive. You're that. condoning it because he's attractive. You're a terrible person. <sighs> First, first it's anti-Semitic talk. Really now you want to rape kids. Like What's next? Yeah, that like 1950s like hot guy thing going on. I don't know what that was all about, but it yeah. was hot. Look, oh, he man, I'm 
I and he was smart and he wanted to summon demons. Hello. Yes, and he trifecta, he, man. If, yes, the one thing, the one thing, and hear me out on this, was that he had sex with an underage female. I know. Anyway, but in all seriousness. I was being serious. That entire conversation was very serious. <laughs> oh for no, me. no, I know it was serious for you. I mean me. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, was bringing, I was reeling myself back in on that one. Okay. Oh, All see, right. you were, you were. Oh, <laughs> you don't actually condone rape because that would be bad. <laughs> no, my gods, no. Uh, but as we just witnessed, <clears throat> getting back on point, trying to write people out of existence doesn't work. Well, sometimes it does. But do the execration spells work? Who knows? Because there has to be something said for the power of intention when millions of people are doing the same spells at the same time and sending that energy out into the world with intent and an object, especially in the case of Egyptians, it was kind of, you could have a doll of them, a clay doll or a red clay pot. And then you've got this intent and uh, does it get it done? Because, I mean, the Israelites have been living in misery for years and technically still have strife and war to this day. So what if it's all the Egyptians' fault? I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> Are you blaming Nazis no. on ancient Egypt? Because let me let me explain to you, Hitler would love that. <laughs> Hitler would be like, oh, yes. It is the ancient Egyptian magic that is making me do this. Yes, I am destiny. <laughs> okay, listen, you you want to make fun of that? But what was Hitler into? The occult. That's why I'm saying he would love exactly. this. Exactly. He would he would have uh, been like absolutely magic. Yes. Which one of way. his leader Asshole. guys was in charge? Hemmler? Heimler? Heimler? I don't know. One of those weird German people. Yeah. Who was like, oh, yes, we need to find the things that are like ancient. Like, uh, there's so much crap. Um, Which is why Indiana Jones really wasn't that far off from what was really going on, guys. You mean their faces yeah. actually melted when they found the life of the man. That would have been awesome if it now, had happened that way. when they got the crystal skulls. Mm. Oh, my God, no. Was that the best part for you? Because okay. it was for me. Of right. the entire right. series. Listen. Fuck that goddamn crystal skull. Okay? And fuck the guy who wrote that thing. Because we knew in 1930 that that uh -huh. fucking crystal skull was fake. Well, yeah, fake, the one... fake, 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 fake. And they fucking used it in that goddamn movie uh -huh. when they shouldn't have. Because technically, I'm like, okay, we're going to do Ark of the Covenant. It probably it's at least talked about in historic texts, right? Uh huh. It probably might have been built. I'm okay. I'm okay with like suspension of disbelief on that one, right? Okay. Shankara stones, really cool, interesting, right? Uh huh. There's a lot of mythology there, right? Yeah. They were actually using their brains when they wrote that fucking script. Uh huh. Okay. Now what do we do? What's the last one? The last crusade, right? Uh huh. Trying to get the cup, yeah. right? What the fuck's it called? I want to call it the Goblet of Fire. <laughs> No, it's not the Goblet of Fire. <laughs> I'm going to try to get the Goblet of Fire. This is a JC moment right there. Yeah, the the cup of the whatever the fuck it is. The, the, last, the Holy Grail. <laughs> Thank yep, you. there you go. Thank you, Monty Python. Um, and the Holy Grail. And the Holy Grail. <laughs> okay, yes, yeah. The Holy yeah, Hand Grenade okay. of Antioch. Okay, fine. We talked about the Holy Grail in historic context. Fuck that fucking skull. It was fake in 1930s. They fucking knew it. 
So what you're saying? Fake. So what you're what you're saying is that it was the best of the four. Thank you. No! <laughs> you heard it here from Kiki first, guys. Crystal Skull, best Indiana Jones movie. <laughs> the best Indiana Jones movie, in my humble opinion, was actually uh, the second one. Temple of Doom? Yeah. Temple of Doom was amazingly awesome. Is and that because there were a lot of Asian stereotypes? And you seem to be really racist today. No. It was, it was very heartwarming and uplifting. And they saved all those kids and it was really they cool they did save all those kids and i love the stones and i loved the end when he was like you know you know my favorite part of that movie when the guy rips the other guy's heart out mm-hmm. and then watches like like the lava yeah, yeah, that part that part and then yeah. the heart goes on fire when yes. the guy's on fire that yes. was cool and see, I like the end when when another part of another wait, 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 wait. was when they got to the skulls that were crystal, oh, God damn and it. then they found out that it was aliens all along. Fuck, that was aliens my and part skulls. Of the entire God damn it! I didn't get to the part where where Indy's like, "You betrayed Shiva." Ah, uh, yes, right. He gets it, but he gets the one back. Yeah, yeah, and he takes it back to the village because yeah. he knows that that doesn't belong in a museum. Yeah, belongs back out into the public because it was magical, and he got it fucking love that movie it was a good movie so shadow people stories now or shadow people stories now go for it pick one of your most um exciting stories okay well my most exciting is probably the time i had something follow me home from a graveyard it was as i stated earlier in the episode shortly after i lost somebody uh that was very close to me at the time i was living at my parents house my younger sister angel was living with us uh, obviously my older sister katie was also so like the three siblings were all together my girlfriend at the time also lived with us now this is an ex-girlfriend i'm going to call her ex-girlfriend i don't want to assign her a name so what else state is that whatever phenomenon was occurring was targeted at me as I experienced a lot. Now, my ex-girlfriend, because of her proximity to me, also got to experience some of it, but no one had the level that I did. That's not because I'm, like, special. It's because I went to the graveyard the most often, and I feel like the creature that followed me home was trying to send a message. You can come to my place, and guess what? I can go to yours. You're not safe. Be careful. It started in about mid-September. My younger sister, ex-girlfriend, and I went to the graveyard. Nothing really crazy happened there to my memory. We leave. We go home. I only live maybe three-minute walk from that graveyard. Well, at the time I lived there. What happened was over the next month, I would see a shadow. This was a seemingly solid humanoid shape that would change size. It was not out of the corner of my eye. It was not when I woke up. It was, I would stare directly at this thing for minutes. I would watch it move. I would watch it interact with the environment. I would watch it move and whatever was behind it black like disappear behind it it was a solid black 
object that had movement. The first time I remember seeing it, we get back from graveyard night zero. Night one, uh, at the time, I was playing a very popular MMO called World of Warcraft. So I would, I also didn't have a job due to health reasons that I was going through at the time. So my house, how it's set up, the master bedroom is on the, the first floor. And then the upstairs, it's two bedrooms and a cedar closet. But we go up the stairs and it's just a three by three platform with three doors. I was on the left hand door, led to my room. Uh, front door, like the center door was the cedar closet. And then the uh, right hand door was my younger sister Angel's room. My older sister had a room on the first floor. I went downstairs to get a drink of water. Uh, I was about to go upstairs and I look up. And there it is. Now, I've lived in this house for seven years at this time. Never had a paranormal event in this house. And now I'm filled with dread, looking up at something, standing, looking at me. It was approximately four foot tall. It was... It was actually me, guys, because, well, I'm, I'm four foot eleven, so... No, yeah. it, it so was... Was taller than me? Was it shorter. shorter than me? It looked like okay. a child. Oh, okay. Like, it was scaled okay. to be four like foot more tall. of a hobbit i'm kind of a dwarf i guess so. yeah okay so it's it's that tall and it's just staring me down and i'm just i'm filled with dread i've seen this thing before in the graveyard but it's never followed me home so now like my sanctuary is no longer that protected yeah. and i'm like oh god and i stand there for probably two minutes staring at this thing the whole time i end up like kind of braving it and backing up get a a lamp stand i pull it over to the stairwell and put it so it's shining up because the light that's supposed to work up there for whatever reason at the time it didn't we had electricians this was not paranormal related the light just didn't work uh it hadn't for a while i think now they have it fixed but they didn't when i needed it most <laughs> so it was a dark landing and there was darkness that shouldn't be there there. It would do that every time I went downstairs and tried to go back up. After that first encounter, I did not leave my room without a flashlight at any time of the day. Because you see this thing and you're I'm filled with dread. Like immediately. I'll also state that at this time I had a beautiful Rottweiler named Bear who has since crossed the Rainbow Bridge. He reacted to this. And all of my cats reacted to this creature. The only animal in the house that did not was my mom's Lopso-Opso named Toby. And that is because I believe Toby was Satan incarnate and probably overpowered this shadow creature. Toby was the worst dog in the history of dogs. I love him and I will fight to the death over him. Hold on. My sister's dog, a beagle, purebred, worst fucking dog no ever toby is Trust god me. damn we could have a demon dog off man mm. you know what all we need is a third and we'd have cerberus probably <laughs> and at the time i believe there were five cats in the house all of them while this thing was in the house refused to go upstairs 
which is where my room was, obviously. Fun fact, cats were often thought in even uh, by ancient Egyptians to ward off shadows and ghosts. Yeah, they didn't work. Yeah. Not this time. Oh, they no, were just like, oh, fuck that shit and bail. This thing, obviously, it would torment me at other times. So I would play World of Warcraft and I had a corner computer desk. I would hear it move and whisper. I didn't know what it was saying, but I would just hear... Like it was like it, but it was like whispering in my ear. So obviously what I did was just turn up my headphones <laughs> and go raid some Naxxramas. No, no, la, 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 you're not here. Yeah. La, 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 la. Well, this was before I joined a paranormal group as an investigator. I was only ghost hunting. It was only for shits and giggles, blah, blah, blah. At this time, I didn't really know what to do, but I knew I shouldn't feed into it. So I did my best to ignore. I didn't tell anyone in my house about it other than my girlfriend. And that was because she reported seeing things. So when I tried to sleep at night, it would, at the time I had a large boxy TV sitting on a uh, dresser. It would be on top of that crouched staring at me and i i that's not creepy at all oh it was very creepy <laughs> no and it would just oh you're trying to sleep buddy oh are you are you because i was trying to sleep and then you came into my house and you started messing with me Ooh, who's a big tough yeah. man now um yeah, and it was point, not me right? i was not a big tough man <laughs> <You were not. laughs> um or getter ray is not in your no oh, gotcha no. Or it would sit on the top of my bookshelf. Now, my bookshelf was maybe three feet away from the ceiling of my uh, room. So it would sit in that space and it would kick its feet back and forth. Now, I'd like to state my room wasn't dark because I, I had curtains, but they were usually open and I lived in a town. So there was light coming in. So it's not like this was weird my mind playing like i could see details in every aspect of my room it wasn't that dark even at night and i could see the the book titles black out as it moved its legs like it's a little kid just kicking its feet on like a chair that's too tall for it to reach the ground that's what it was and it was just staring at me so i know that some listeners might be asking a certain question right now in their okay. minds which is since you were going through a difficult time in your life yes were you on any kind of drugs no that would cause hallucinations no i okay I've i want to rule that out on purpose because yeah you know. i've i've never done drugs in my life i mean prescription drugs okay at the time i was not on any prescriptions gotcha I did not drink alcohol. It was before I was 21 and I did not, like a good boy, I did not drink before I was 21 because I had been, I had seen a mm. lot of things with alcoholics uh. that I'm not going to talk about on this show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but that hard. kept me uh, very much away from alcohol until I was over the age of 21 and now it is only for fun and social <laughs> and I am a happy drunk. But um... and for the record, no, I have not seen JC drunk yet because we haven't been in a social situation in which either one of us is actually drinking because, you know, 
we're podcasting or we're at work yeah we're podcasting we're at work and no i'm not podcasting i'm being mom so i, and don't, I hardly ever yeah. drink because it's yeah yeah and not that not that i'm opposed to it i no. do drink i made my own gin for christmas which was really yeah. cool but yeah besides that i just <laughs> dude no time man yeah. no time okay so that's good though we've yeah i was knocked that on. out because uh one of the things that can happen where we're going to talk about sleep paralysis also has to do with um drug use with well drug use but also sleep deprivation as oh, yeah. well so would you say that you were also not really sleep deprived you were kind I, of oh i was sleep deprived well only because you were seeing I'll this stuff that. now yeah right so it wasn't because of it it was you were sleep deprived as a result of already seeing the thing yes. and it was freaking you the hell out yes okay there were a lot of incidents in this month but the last day the last night i was watching something upstairs and me and my girlfriend were in my my room and we were just relaxing and blah 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 hanging out and i was procrastinating washing the dishes because i didn't want to leave my room because it was out there but i'm like if i don't if i don't go downstairs one i'm gonna have to deal with my mom and I definitely put a lot of stress on my mom. You're like, hmm, do I deal with my mother or do I deal with the shadow person? And my mother won. My mother is more terrifying than any shadow creature or entity or whatever. Yeah. Uh, Moms, man. Yeah. Moms are terrifying. I love you, mom. If you ever decide to listen to this and you figure out how to use your radio, uh... I love you. You're fantastic. So it's about 11, 1130 at night, and I go down to start doing the dishes. My girlfriend comes with me. How my house is set up, light travels a lot. It's a pretty bright place. If you have the kitchen light on, it's going to go into the living room. It's going to go into the hallway that leads to my mom's room or my parents' room and my uh, older sister's room at the time. It's going to go all over the place. So the living room lights are on, the kitchen lights are on, the hallway, which is connected directly to the living room, is dark. It shouldn't be dark. I should be able to see in there, and I can't. Walk right past it into the kitchen, just totally ignoring that. Wash the dishes. As I'm washing the dishes, I'm feeling my shirt being tugged. Now, my dog Bear, who's a Rottweiler, a 125-pound Rotty, who at the time was two years-ish old, maybe three years old, and was very protective and did not take a... He did not fuck around. He was at my feet, scared. If he would have had a tail, it would have been between his legs. He was terrified. He lost 10 pounds during this month because he, he was so intimidated by something in the house. He did not want to go in the kitchen to eat, basically. Or if he wasn't near... with me... He didn't, he didn't know what, like, he was terrified. Huh. He was scared. That's pretty interesting. It's Poor actually bear. because of him that I know that this was a thing. Because I can, you know, hallucinate. My ex-girlfriend could have hallucinated. We could have had that shared. But he reacted to it. But then you're like, my dog's literally not going in places without me and is not eating unless i'm there because yeah, he's, he's freaking terrifying. out about something so he's at my feet my ex-girlfriend's on a chair sitting behind me she's watching my shirt being pulled she says do you feel that and i say yep <laughs> there's a very heavy presence 
It's the heaviest it's been in this whole month. I finished the dishes and we're gonna go back upstairs. We get to the, the living room. The hallway's dark, very dark, much darker than before. And it shouldn't be because there's lots of lights. My girlfriend and I both stop and we're staring at this because we're expect, I, at least I was expecting something to jump out and hurt me. I felt like there was something dangerous right there. And the entirety of the hallway frame, black, pure black. We backed up as far as we could, which took us to a sofa, keeping our bodies and eyes on this spot. We actually sat down on the sofa because we tried making as much space between us and it as we could. This is where it gets a little weird because it was intense for me, so it's hard to tell. Bear's still at my feet. Bear's the only large animal in the house. We live in a town. We're not in the middle of nowhere. From the hallway comes a very deep growl. And as it's growling, two red eyes pop up at about the four foot level. The growl goes for about 45 seconds to a minute. We sat there for maybe five minutes in just petrified fear. And I know there's a lot of people that are like, how do people just stand when they're, you know, you hear so many ghost stories or whatnot where it's like, and I just stood there in fear because this was overwhelming. I've gone through quite a few things in my life that are not paranormal, but with like animals and being in shady situations. This topped all of them. This is the probably the most scared I've ever been in my life for my own self and I've almost died a few times like <laughs> from external means I've been in a lot of car accidents I've almost frozen to death like there's a mom don't listen to this part you don't know all these things I love you mom none of them actually happened Ooh. so you know I faced a lot of things and this is the scariest thing to me because it felt like I wouldn't like you were talking about with the ancient Egyptians where it's like they erase you when you said that, it kind of made me think, like, that's what I felt. It wasn't just me physically that was in threat. It was me on another level that was at threat, too. It's not just my physical form. It's whatever else there is that's in danger. It faded and went away. My house, the next morning, I reached out to three friends who were, at the time, way more into the paranormal than me. I sent them messages on Facebook saying, this is where I experienced, please help, like, what do I do? I ended up not doing anything, and I never had an experience like that again in that house. Except every now and then when I think it would come by for a visit. But since I've moved, it's never came back. And when I was still there from that event, it was like every six months to a year, there'd be a f like three-day periods where it would be there. And I would feel it. But it was never as intense. It was just like it coming over to say, Oh, hi, how you doing, buddy? Just wanted to make sure. The agreement's still there. You don't F with me. I don't F with you. So that's, that's kind of uh, that story of that shadow entity. It was... Oh, that's pretty intense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I've you. never... Um... I've never seen one. Don't experience anything like that at all. Well, I'm happy for you. And I've luckily not had any sort of um, super negative paranormal experiences. They've always been just sort of experiences. They're just there, you know. So sleep paralysis, though. Oh, yeah. I, I have that, but that is uh, scientifically explained. It sure can be. And in my case, it 
it is what it is. It's um, it's it's um, it's exactly like your your brain is um awake, mm-hmm. but it still has your body in sleep mode. So that's why you're unable to move. Yes, because your body becomes paralyzed during sleep on purpose so that you don't move around too much and it keeps you asleep. The reason we're talking about this is because most shadow creature sightings are seen during sleep paralysis. Thank you. Yeah, but there's usually two different kinds, though. See, and you were just talking about that. There's the shadow people that people will see where they feel like they're just there. They're just hanging out with them. Mm -hmm. Not a big deal. Not really feeling threatened. Then there's the kind, the old hag one, where you feel the pressure on your chest as if this old hag is literally like on your chest and looking down at you and like staring into your eyes, which obviously could be like super scary. There's other, like the hat man uh, is a commonly seen. Now, I didn't read about hat man during sleep paralysis. I've heard about him outside of sleep paralysis. I've definitely, I've heard him in both. Didn't know about that crossover particularly okay so what happens with me though is i feel like the sleep paralysis comes on when i'm having a particularly i don't want to say they're nightmares because i don't something is happening like if something's chasing me or i feel like which is really funny and i don't dream about this very often guys but if there's a demon because i don't really believe in them if there's like a demon presence in my room then in my dream then i'll have sleep paralysis and then the whole time i'm like screaming internally Nothing's coming out in the dream, and it takes a minute for you to realize that you're actually not awake. You're actually still technically inside the dream. So I learned how to do meditation and to control my breathing and to control my dream in such a way that I then can realize that I'm just having a sleep paralysis moment and I'm not actually being chased by anything. Nothing's actually in the room, and I can wake myself up. Nice. But it takes a lot of practice and a lot of understanding that you actually can control your dreams. When I was younger, this is how I learned lucid dreaming. I don't know if I've said this on the show before. We haven't even talked about lucid dreaming yet. (laughs) So this is how I learned lucid dreaming. There's a movie, you might have heard about it, Nightmare on Elm Street, that I watched way too young. Well... The way to beat Freddy Cougar, as explained in the dream, or in the movie, is to learn how to control your dreams. So, I, being a seven to eight year old child, was like, fuck that, I'm learning how to control my dreams. There's no way. that I was so scared. <laughs> I, I forced myself to learn how to control my dreams. And that worked for a very large portion of my life. Even to this day, uh, other than a few specific events that I'm going to relate to the shadow entity. So shadow people, sleep paralysis sufferers say that they they see a shadowy or indistinct shape approaching them while they're being paralyzed. The other one is a person experiencing heightened emotion, such as walking alone at night in the dark. They might actually incorrectly perceive a patch of shadow as an attacker. I'm giving you guys right now, if you hadn't figured out, debunking shadow people just slightly. And then uh, meth addicts, as we talked about, specifically meth addicts will say that they saw shadow people in some really well because it's sleep deprivation. Oh, yeah. And then adds into the conspiratorial 
component mm-hmm. of sleep deprivation deprivation and hallucinations so you're feeling like something is chasing you something is after you something is there but it's in those cases definitely the drugs yeah unfortunately and uh and hey huge epidemic and i give to that cause right now of trying to help people get off of meth especially in this area we're in currently it's kind of out of control and yeah. um so anyway yeah just saying it does unfortunately happen to people who are specifically meth addicts so for me and my experiences with particularly sleep paralysis and i kind of feel like night terrors are the same thing i i don't really uh, think very that's... similar night terrors you can usually move like your bot you're not paralyzed so you can you can flail your arm this is the distinction i've been told okay i've I personally have thought many times that I was flailing only to wake up and realize that I was flailing inside my dream, Mm -hmm. trying to wake myself up. And so it almost was like one and the same thing. Okay. Other than feeling like something else was in the room when it definitely was not. Yeah. No experiences negatively with that. Good job. Yay me. We're going to break for our featured music. Yeah, after all that, we're gonna we're gonna take a little bit of a break. Uh, I need to stop shaking, because um, after telling that story, I was I was uh, shaking a bit there because yeah. it was traumatizing. Need a little bit of coffee or something, or maybe not coffee. You know, how about a well, no, you're driving, so I can't even give you a stiff drink. Okay, <laughs> our featured music today is from Brooklyn band Savic, and these guys formed in 2015 from the band's obits holy fuck and the cops and no those are three separate bands okay (laughs) they are like a cross between 60s psychedelic and the buzzcocks kind of cool it's like punky i love it i actually love them and i'm gonna listen to them more because of what you played yeah so this is from an album on free music archive which is a live performance by them various artists were there it was at Evan Davies WFMU radio show and we're going to be putting the studio recording though of this song on our Spotify list and then all of uh, Savick's work is available on Spotify and also Bandcamp they have a new album coming out in April of this year so that's why I kind of wanted to use them today to get you guys like into them and to hear their stuff and then we're going to point you over to Spotify too can't wait to hear the new stuff But without further ado, this is Savick's live version of Alive in Shadows. And when we come back, we're going to do our shout outs and Spooky Squad news. Thank you so much for listening today. Uh, JC, you've got a shout out right away, right? You got something going on. Oh, yes. So for those of you that don't know how nerdy I am or geeky I am, I am in a what you might call live action role play group. Now, we are a nonprofit organization called the Sword Tag Society based up in Lehighton, Pennsylvania. We are, as a fundraiser, doing a spaghetti dinner, basket raffle, and bake sale on April 4th this year. We do homemade spaghetti sauce. We get all the separate ingredients. It is delightful. It is always a great time. It is at the Lehighton Recreation Center. 
please Google it because I don't have an address for you. And honestly, just Google it. It's Googleable. Um, Googleable. It's going to be Saturday, April 4th from 4 to 8 p.m. Our basket raffle. Last year, we had, I think, 225 different raffle items. Um, it was pretty intense. Now, some of it, it's not all just basket stuff. There's gift cards from local businesses and lots of really good stuff. Um, <clears throat> and our bake sale is fantastic. Just the greatest bake sale you'll ever be at in your life. Definitely not overhyping it. The thing is with my... And, and, and should Kiki make something for your for your bake sale i think she should yeah do you got anybody making cheesecakes for your bake sale i have no idea i'm not well, in that I'll part of to, the i will have to get up with your dudes over there and uh and maybe make it make a couple things for you guys Feel free, sell at your bake sale because I would love we'll to. sell it we will honestly everything that's donated there was one year we had a f- like i think two cakes and some cupcakes left it wasn't even like other than just the amount that gets donated like it was so incredible the thing i like about sword tag society is we put into the local community we've worked with other nonprofits in that area to help improve the town and do special projects we're not just all about larping we're about improving our local community and using the skills that we gain from learning how to kick some booty to do that uh it's it's a lot of fun check us out we're on youtube facebook facebook's the best way to get to see us and uh <laughs> facebook and youtube yeah youtube yeah 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 cut the rest so my shout outs today are for two other podcasts we have a, a great like unity of different podcasts all working together right now and and just helping each other out so i just want to give you guys a shout out one is called it's murder up north and this one is a true crime podcast that focuses on murders in northern england so kind of where my ancestors were from i'm not saying they're a bunch of murderers or anything but it's why i find it super interesting um plus the host is super cool and the other is happy hour gets weird i've been listening to these gals for a while they're freaking hysterical i absolutely love them um, just go right to the one about weird headlines. It's a one and done episode for them. It's it's really short, but it kind of gets you in the door there so you kind of know what they're talking about. And I promise you, you will not be disappointed. In the future, though, rather than me just talking about all these wonderful podcasts, we're going to be doing some exchanges of promos, which I think is awesome, because then all these people will get to say in their own words who they are what their podcasts are about and it's all independent pod network you know it's kind of cool we're all helping each other out on to the pleading and the begging that we do every single week so head on over to patreon.com slash mission spooky we have tiers at the one and two dollar level one single buck gets you our undying gratitude and a shout out on the cast and the two dollar level gets you access to booper reels which i had now have two episodes of Booper Rails up there filled with all kinds of stupid shit that JC says. <laughs> that should be a segment. Wait, it's the entire show. <laughs> it is a segment. I'm making people pay for it because for me having to put it together, yeah. Two yeah, bucks I feel a so month, bad ladies and gentlemen. See, I only have to hear the stupid things that come out of my mouth like maybe once. Once. I gotta listen to them again and again and again to make sure I've <sighs> cut it out just enough. Uh 
Now, feel free to send us your spooky stories to Mission Spooky Podcast, all one word, at gmail.com. We are currently looking for some weird stories uh, from you guys that you may have had while you're camping or going out in the woods. We're going to be doing an episode on Hawk Mountain really soon, so we're kind of thinking about a couple spooky stories about up there might be might be interesting if you're a pa new jersey delaware band or you just own your own music and you'd like to be featured on our podcast please feel free to contact us through private message on instagram twitter or you can email us directly at mission spooky podcast at gmail.com you can find our musical guest songs on spotify by typing mission spooky 2020 in the search bar and accessing our profile and we're going to be continually adding to that list as we go. For example, you're going to have Savick's studio version of Alive in Shadows to listen to. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Mission Spooky and now at our Facebook page, which JC rules with an iron fist. Don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. Just remember to be kind and also rate and review on Podchaser and rate our damn Facebook page, people. There's 86 of you people following us on Facebook, which I think is not bad considering we just kind of made it and we left it out there for almost a month because JC doesn't do anything. And then I had to like invite everyone and then like talk to people and interact with other groups. We've joined a whole bunch of groups now on Facebook. Look, just because I don't quite understand how to correctly <laughs> social media and I'm like, ah, it'll just... It'll get there, right? No. And then people... It, it literally... Guys, guys, it went from five people following us no, to I 86 had, I had overnight. I had 50 people. <laughs> no, you did not have 50. Family. You didn't have 50. They were all the you people from my friends list. <laughs> you had 25. <laughs> it was closer to 50. It was close. I will look up the analytics. I will prove... <laughs> you know, I will work my ass off to prove myself wrong. <laughs> I was just going to say, I'm giving you a job. giving you a job. Okay, guys, now I promised you that if you made it this far, that I would tell you how Tom Hailston is related oh, I forgot to Egyptology. That. It was so long ago. I know. It was like an hour you and 39 minutes ago. You should just break the promise. <laughs> it was an hour and 30. Wait, guys, it was an hour and 39 minutes and 12 seconds ago. For us, not uh, you. For us, a lot but not for you, because I'm going to be cutting out so much so of much. this fucking shit. Okay, so here we go, guys. While I was trying to do some research, I discovered that Mr. Hiddleston did a narration of part of the Book of the Dead for the British Museum. And I had a really, really hard time concentrating on doing anything else after discovering this. <laughs> It was bad, guys. It was really bad. <laughs> anyway, <sighs> taking us out again is Savick's live version of Alive in Shadows. You can find all their music on Bandcamp and Spotify. Please go show them some love. And until next time, stay spooky and don't die. But if you do, contact us. Instead of telling you how to contact us, I'm going to tell you how to not contact us. Do not send shadow people to me. I don't want them. I don't need them. Just keep them to yourselves. Reciprocation. It is a tuition. Humiliation. It is the food I eat. You feed it to me. I lay down at your feet. Do I belong here in our society? Alive in shadows. Alive in shadows. Alive. Alive. 
skin is crawling My voice fluctuates You never above me It is the price you pay I live beneath you But I can't pay my way Alive in shadows Alive in shadows Shadows, a lot of shadows, a lot of shadows. 